You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove Podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. I feel like who art Ed? Who art is Mr. Wood, art Ed, me. Either way, it's ambiguous. It works on so many levels. I know. That's off to a great start. Welcome to Who Arted, the podcast for those who like to explore the visual arts through an audio medium. I'm your host, Kyle Wood, and for this week's Fun Fact Friday, we're going to be talking about Raphael's The School of Athens. Raphael painted the School of Athens in the Apostolic Palace at Vatican City between 1510 and 1511 CE. This was right at the same time that Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel. The two of them would see each other, the two of them knew each other and were rivals, and the two of them were not overly fond of each other. Michelangelo was said to have felt that Raphael sort of copied his style a little bit, Um, but I think what really irritated him was Raphael, the younger painter, was sometimes given credit for Michelangelo's work. There were critics who went to the Sistine Chapel and mistakenly identified Raphael as the painter. Now, if that were not bad enough, careful observers will notice that one of the figures in Raphael's The School of Athens bears a striking resemblance to Michelangelo. And the figure that he painted as sort of Michelangelo was Heraclitus. He was known as the weeping philosopher, and Michelangelo had a reputation for being an absolutely miserable human being prone to throwing tantrums. Now, when we get into a historical context, beyond the fact that Michelangelo and Raphael were contemporaries working at the same time, this was a Renaissance piece, and during the Renaissance, the intellectuals throughout Europe were feeling a little bit nostalgic for ancient Greece, making this tribute to the great Greek philosophers a quintessential Renaissance piece. While the School of Athens feels like the work of a mature artist synthesizing all he had learned about history, philosophy, and science in his ultimate artistic expression, Raphael was a young dude in his 20s. 
Granted, this was a time of rampant child labor, so he had been well into the workforce at this period. Raphael grew up um, learning the artistic trades from his father, but he was still pretty young to be getting such a high-profile commission. The Pope himself was hiring Raphael. The theme of the School of Athens was all about seeking knowledge and specifically getting down to the root causes of things. All of the philosophers shown in the fresco uh, sort of sought the knowledge through an understanding of what came first. In the work, Raphael painted 21 of his favorite ancient Greek scholars and philosophers. Scholars disagree about how much Raphael knew about Greek philosophy, but I mean, right there, we got to pause and just recognize that Raphael, like Leonardo da Vinci, was more than just a dude who kind of knew how to draw. I mean, 21 ancient Greek scholars and philosophers, who can name that many ancient Greeks, let alone that all fit into a visual symbol of your ideals about philosophy? We see Plato, and actually Plato is said to be sort of a portrait of Leonardo da Vinci, an homage to the older artist that Raphael admired. And like Leonardo, Raphael was a quote-unquote renaissance man working in different fields. In addition to painting, he worked in printmaking and architecture. And of course, as I said, it does also appear that Raphael poked a little fun at Michelangelo, portraying him in there. And Raphael, uh, apparently the renaissance prankster, um, put himself in there as well. I'll get to that later. With all the different figures in the work, the central two are Aristotle and Plato, which is convenient because they're the only two ancient Greek philosophers I know anything about, and I'm guessing most of the world would say the same. Plato is the older figure with gray hair looking a lot like Leonardo da Vinci, whereas Aristotle, his student, is depicted as looking significantly younger. The two of them seem to be engaged in a discussion. It's hard to tell exactly what they're talking about, and full disclosure, I am not an expert on body language and have absolutely zero training in that regard. But based on the hand gestures, I would have to assume that Plato is signaling for Aristotle to look up, or perhaps he was indicating that he's number one with that index finger extended vertically. And Aristotle has his hand out in front of him in a gesture I can only assume means that someone or something was about waist high. Now, in addition to the philosophers, we see statues of Greek gods in the background. An interesting choice for the Catholic Church to have ancient Greek gods on the walls, but, you know, whatever. One is Apollo, the Greek god of light and music holding a lyre. It was sort of like a small harp. The other is Athena, the Greek goddess of wisdom to symbolize an obvious connection to everything else in the piece. The more you look, the more you discover. It's truly an astonishing composition, even setting aside the philosophy and symbolism. Raphael demonstrated tremendous mastery of linear perspective in this work that feels like a window into another world. Everything slants toward a vanishing point right about where Plato and Aristotle are standing. This not only helps with the sense of depth, but it also leads the eye towards those central figures, emphasizing them as a focal point. Of course, being a man in his 20s, Raphael did appear to push things with the bold little hidden selfie because all young men are narcissists who consider themselves to know everything and think they are on par with the giants of philosophy. Or he was just showing a bit of his playful side. 
Either way, he is in the group with Ptolemy, Euclid, and Zoroaster. While the three of them seem thoroughly engaged in their conversation, Raphael peeks out at the viewer. I think of it as the 16th century equivalent of breaking the fourth wall, like when Jim from The Office would look directly into the camera. All of this to say, maybe even those old dudes from boring art history courses were actually humans with a little bit of a playful side. And, based on the way he depicted Michelangelo, a bit of a petty side. This concludes this week's episode of Who Arted? If you found this tolerable, please like and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening. You can find images of the work being discussed this week and every week in the show notes on Twitter at WoodArtEd and on the website whoartedpodcast.com. Podcast done.